supply from Prasad. That's the way to do it. Just hammered for four. He comes right back and uproots his off stump. Hello, all you cricketing tragics out there, and welcome to another episode of the Uprooted Stumps podcast. I'm Arjun. And I'm Gopal. And we are your hosts, coming to you from London with guests from all over the world and talking about what's going on in cricket. Kohli drives through the covers. It's into the fence like a tracer bullet. That's how it's done. On today's podcast, we look through the first two days of the India-England first test match being played at Chennai. We start by talking about the two playing 11s that have been selected. We then speak a little bit about the pitch where Gopal gives his ideas on what makes a good pitch. Uh, and then we delve deeper into the performances of some of the players, uh, people like Washington Sundar, Rishabh Pant, and most importantly, Joe Root. And then finally, we end with predictions on how this game is going to end. Two minds and gone. Middle stump uprooted. Hassan Ali is having a great time. Welcome, guys. This is Arjun. And uh, as always, we have Gopal with us. And today we're going to talk about uh, the second day of the India-England test match in Chennai that has just ended. India have toiled for two days and currently the score is ended at England have scored 555 for eight after 180 overs in two days. Uh, there's also other scores going on. Uh, there's a Pakistan-South Africa test match. Day 3 is just about to end. Um, again, a very good, interesting match going on over there. Pakistan are currently leading by 182 with five wickets in hand, uh, giving a target to South Africa. So that seems like it could go either way. Uh, and the third match is going on, which is Bangladesh versus West Indies. And West Indies, at the end of day four, need 285 to win the game with seven wickets in hand. So three really good, interesting matches going on, uh, all based in the subcontinent. I think if you look at uh, the England versus India game, that's the only one where you say there is a dominant team, I would say, just by looking at the score. I don't know about that. Let's get to that. I think that without seeing both teams bat, we cannot determine yet if there's any dominance. But we'll get to that. But the important thing over here is for at least for people like us in the UK, uh, cricket has come back to Channel 4. It's come back to free-to-air TV. Uh, and that's getting some people to start watching the games. Because I'm seeing you know our club mates uh, discussing this game way more than I've seen them talking about other games. And you and I have been waking up at 4 a.m. to watch these <laughs> games. So that's... That's lovely. That's what cricket is about. You know, you know. I started watching the game, uh, the first session. So I watched the first day, the whole day. And then I started watching day two. And after the second session, I was like, okay, first session, I was like, okay, I need to catch up on some sleep because nothing is happening. Uh, and plus, uh, the, the commentary is uh, like free to air is good, but commentary, uh, uh, I mean, there's that's something else to talk about. Oh my God, yeah. But the commentary, I think the commentary panel is all uh, the Indian broadcaster, star that's sending the commentary panel. I don't think... Yeah, but we are missing Sky. If that's what you mean, then totally. I mean, there's no comparison. Sky and its analysis versus Alistair Cook is sitting, you know, on a chair all alone and he's looking so nervous talking. I mean, <laughs> he's looking down. He's, he has no idea, I think, what he's saying. <laughs> I, I, th- I think he's very happy that he has a gig now. That's all. He doesn't want to mess it up. He has a gig. He wants to keep it going. So should we talk about the playing 11? Quickly, let's also discuss the result of, before we go into India-England only, of Pakistan-South Africa and West Indies-Bangladesh. I say it's it seems evenly poised, but Pakistan wins and Bangladesh wins. Uh, agreed. I think anyway, these these home teams do have an advantage. It's, it's not easy to win in Pakistan. It's not easy to win in Bangladesh. Uh, both these teams have won their first games, and yeah, I think I think Pakistan's winners will will finish off South Africa. I can't see South Africa scoring uh, three hundred runs or something, whatever they're going to have to chase. And similarly, West Indies is no chance yeah. for them to yeah. win. They are not going to score three hundred runs with uh, seven wickets in hand. So yeah. I agree with you. Yeah, let's jump into the India-England match now. Before this match began, um, we were talking with Tom in our previous podcast about what we think the 11 is going to be. And there's only one real difference in the 11 that we predicted for India. And that is Shabazz Nadeem is playing instead of Kuldeep Yadav. And 
we have a our friend one of our uh, club mates samir and samir posed this question he was very miffed as are many people like michael vaughn and samir says kuldeep yadav has played six test matches for india 24 wickets average of 24 why did he not get a chance ahead of nadeem or sundar is this the right decision what do you think gopal so uh, i think there is there is missed communication right like uh, this is what annoys me about sometimes about this indian team that uh, i am all for players having their own uh, like they have their discussions indoors so public is not privy to it etc etc but when you see inconsistency that's when you kind of start questioning the decisions so they had this idea of uh, people returning to their original position if they were left out due to injury if they performed well and so on and so forth in uh, brisbane uh, kuldeep was the third bowler was the spin bowler and ashwin and jadeja both didn't play and you could understand why uh, sundar played right because we didn't have the batting you needed someone who could bat more and it paid off right but now with a full strength team you need that fifth bowler again nadeem gets called up from being a net bowler ahead of kuldeep who's already in the squad i don't know what kind of signal that sends out to uh, kuldeep but do, why do was nadeem picked saying? in the first place what what is what does nadeem offer so uh, to be fair to nadeem nadeem has been picking up heaps of wickets in in first class and i was kind of surprised that he didn't make it to the squad uh the last time because he was there in the south africa squad and then uh, he he didn't make it to the squad later and i thought uh, sundar is now leapfrogged him uh but i think we got too carried away by this idea this emboldonia picked up uh, heaps of wickets and we need a left arm orthodox the, i think that is the only thing i can think of yeah so basically because jadeja was injured left arm orthodox then aksar patel got injured a few hours before the game or the day before again left arm orthodox we needed a left arm orthodox to play so nadeem came in and then the choice was between washington sundar kuldeep yadav and maybe mohammad siraj as the 11th player and i think they went with washington because he is the best bat of all of them he is going to bat at 7 and so he lends yeah again for the same reason that you don't have jadeja or aksar yeah exactly so yeah good point right so if jadeja or aksar were there then probably nadeem would not have played and also washington may not have played and you could have seen kuldeep or siraj play or most likely kuldeep would have played yeah so i i guess it's unfair it's not unfair it's unfortunate for kuldeep that this happened he will feel bad yeah he he would he would be extremely if i were him i would be disappointed and i'd hope that kohli shastri they have a word with him kind of help him understand that uh, it's it's not your bowling ability that's uh, made you not been picked ahead of shabaz because you're still quite a fantastic bowler is because of the circumstances if if that if it's not that then then there is a problem with uh, with kuldeep versus management or something which we are not privy to Yeah I'm hoping also that his bowling has not deteriorated and he's still that same bowler or even better because he's got dropped today uh, he's dropped from the entire Australia series despite all of these injuries and he was dropped for pretty much all of Kolkata's Kolkata Knight Riders games he didn't get a game and he's their one of their star bowlers so I don't know what's going on with him we'll have to Yeah see. Okay let's also talk about England so England selection uh, before the before the game i was of the opinion that england should go with five bowlers and that's not including stokes i think stokes can be a sixth bowler if needed because i don't know how many overs he's going to bowl uh, yeah even on chat you were you were going on about how uh, you need you need to at least bowl five sessions at a time to bowl a team out in india and uh, so which means 10 sessions to take 20 wickets and you didn't think uh, without that fifth bowler stokes would have to bowl like uh, 30 40 overs during the game and whether that's sustainable totally and also you the only way i think you can go with four bowlers is if all those four bowlers are extremely fit and extremely 
disciplined, extremely economical. And I don't think Jack Leach and Dominic Bess are that level of bowlers. They're at best, they'll probably perform the way Nadeem and um, uh, Washington have performed. So they're not going to perform at the level that Ashwin or Narita would. Absolutely. Like you hit the nail on the head when it comes to Bess. But Jack Leach seems to be uh, uh, hold it tight kind of bowler, right? I I would I wouldn't be surprised if he like really bowls at two runs and over or something. Really, uh, two runs and over? Ah, I'd be I'd be shocked. I think Jadeja bowls. Jadeja is one of the most economical bowlers in India. I think he goes at two point three. Uh, I'd be I expect yeah, that, that's what I mean. Under above three. three Ah, under three. Okay. Under three, maybe he goes for under three. And uh, yeah, Tom Bess, maybe not. Maybe above. Well above. Uh, I can see people like uh, Shubman Gill, Rohit Sharma, even Pujara coming down the track and and uh, scoring runs freely off these two bowlers. And, and that's the point, right? Because it would mean that if Anderson is bowling well, then Anderson will have to continue coming and bowling all out, all out, all out, which is going to strain him. It's going to strain him for the, this test. It's going to strain him for the future test. And that is why I would have expected somebody like a Chris Wokes or a Moin Ali to bat at seven, let Butler bat at six, take Lawrence out of the game. Anyway, Lawrence did not score any runs. Okay, fine. Maybe that's just one innings. But the advantage of having that one additional batsman pushing Butler down to seven, is not huge. You will probably not bat two full times, seeing how flat this wicket is. Uh, you may declare one innings. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that extra batsman is going to add too much. And I think that extra bowler would really allow England to win the game. England need to win three games yeah. out of four. Uh, Arjun, but that's with the benefit of how insight of how this, this ground has behaved, this pitch has behaved, right? Uh, going in, they didn't know if they would last a day against the Indian spinners. So they wanted to really shore up their batting, and that's what they've done. Uh, maybe it was a negative mindset to think that way, to not think about how you're going to take twenty pickets, but uh, how you're going to bat ten sessions. Maybe that's how they they came up with this strategy of having uh, an extra batsman. Yeah, possibly. Um, I'll give you my my views on the pitch so far. So the pitch obviously seems super flat. <laughs> Arsha Bogle. Uh, my man, this guy is going crazy with his uh, with his uh, opinions on the pitch. So Harsha Bhogle on Crickbuzz yesterday, yesterday meaning Friday after day one, says in the Hindi commentary, he says this pitch is like a Chennai dosa, flat, ekdam flat, no cracks, no nothing. <laughs> five minutes later, <laughs> five minutes later, Harsha Bhogle again is doing the English commentary on Crickbuzz with Michael Vaughn. And he says, this pitch is mild. It's like a mild mushroom risotto. Nothing in it. <laughs> so, I think he's right. It is a it is a sada dosa. There's there is no masala in it. There's no spice in it. It's there's nothing in the pitch that will allow the bowlers to do something. And when we say flat, just just to explain to people again, what does flat mean? Flat flat means that there's nothing that is offered to the bowlers. And you often hear commentators say there's nothing in it for the bowlers or there's something in it for the bowlers. What can that something be? That something could be possibly one of three things. One is maybe there are some cracks in the in the wicket. And those cracks offer the opportunity for seam bowlers to hit those cracks and then get some lateral movement, get the ball to move either way. That's the first thing. Second thing is moisture, grass. You often hear there's some juice in it. So that juice means there's a moisture which allows the grass to grow. Grass will have those roots which will bind the soil, create a nice uh, hard surface. It will also provide uh, less friction. It will allow the ball to, again, for the fast bowlers to seam. Uh, that's where your your top-level bowlers like your Anderson, Rod, will really take advantage. And the, the third Actually, one is you dusty. missed this. The difference between moisture in the pitch versus grass on the pitch is different actually so if there is moisture in the pitch that's actually good f- because it will grip right but later when it dries out and it becomes harder if there is grass then it becomes harder and skids on and better for fast bowlers if there is no grass then the harder pitch actually grips even more so in australia when you have moisture on the pitch it means it will turn from day one uh, you will get a bit of grip and bite on day one but in India, if there is moisture on the pitch, it it doesn't mean much uh, unless there is grass. 
Okay, and this is Guru Gopal talking, so we'll take his word for it. And then the <laughs> third type is a dusty pitch. Like a dusty pitch is the one where uh, you expect turn, and that turn will come because uh, the pitch has some variations in it. There's there's rough that could be created very easily, as opposed to the current flat one where even if the bowlers keep landing on it, even if the ball keeps landing on it, it's not really going to create any indentations in the pitch, and that will help the the spinners. Especially that's why we say that day four and day five are a bit tougher to bat on, because as the pitch is used for three days, uh, there's people walking on the pitch and landing on the pitch, and that creates um, uh, some some more variations in the pitch which is good for the spinners and remember they're, they're going to play two games in chennai different pitches of course but two games in chennai so we'll also have to see how that affects the second game but when it comes to flat pitches arjun usually when you see a pitch and you know if it's flat right uh, this one didn't feel like it was a flat pitch because there were always some oohs and ahs in the first day when people when ashwin was bowling it seemed like uh, they had to struggle to get those runs and they batted really, really well. So England batted really, really well to get those runs. Did you get that feeling that uh, day two, it actually behaved like a proper flat pitch, uh, like an Adelaide uh, in 2003? or uh, like uh, is, is that how it behaved? or? No, no. I, I think it was flat from, from ball one. I think the way the English batted was because India's first three bowlers in the first session bowled really well. And you also saw that you only had those top three bowlers bowling a lot in that session. You didn't have a lot of Nadeem and Washington bowling anything loose. And um, uh, the English openers also were batting very defensively and they were batting very well. They were not giving any chances away. So it was, I think, just the manner in which they were batting that was causing that. So I think it was flat from day one. And uh, again, Michael Vaughan has thanked the curator, this Chennai curator who also happens to have created his first ever pitch anywhere this super flat track and he's obviously been advised to do so but india obviously had the option or the curator had the option of creating a turner he also had the option of creating a green track so why has he not i don't understand why he's gone for this flat one uh, and not for a turner or a green track if his goal is twofold number one is to create a result in the match which is exciting cricket. And number two is to give some advantage to the home team. So what what do you think Gopal would have given the most advantage to the home team? So I, I think a green pitch would have given more advantage to the home team. Uh, contrary to belief that, okay, uh, India is good at playing spinners and hence uh, a turner would be better. Uh, because India has the best, better fast bowling crop here. So uh, Bumbra and Ishant, I pick over... Uh, uh, Unless Broad and Anderson both play. And both of them are kind of swing bowlers uh, who need a bit of weather conditions to also play their way. But uh, unless both of them were playing together, I would have picked Ishan and Bumra over Archer and Anderson. Actually, it's a tough call-up. But uh, the supporting stuff when it comes to spinners, Ashwin can hold the end up and uh, Aksar would have held the end up. Uh, even Shavaz Nadim would he- hold the end up more better than better than Dombes. So, which is why uh, fast bowlers without spin support would have been useless. Now, uh, creating a turner would have backfired, I think. If you are a first-time curator, if you created a turner, first of all, you get called up by everybody and all the media saying, how can you create a turner this way? <laughs> uh, and uh, then... Uh, it can backfire because even ordinary spinners like Bess, I still don't want to call Jack Leach ordinary because he he seems to have something there. But uh, Bess could have uh, picked up five and you'd be like, okay, this this is not the kind of test cricket we want to see and so on. So I, I think he's stuck to the safer option of creating a flat wicket, which is good for batting. It may still crumble on day four, day five, producing a result. If it does not produce a result, then he is in for a lot of luck. Yeah, I agree. Especially on the fact that it should not have been a turner. I, I agree that would have brought in uh, Bess and Leach a bit too much into the game. So, uh, I completely agree. Actually, uh, c- coming to the pitch itself, uh, Shiv, actually, one of our club mates, actually 
shared a stat from shared the scorecard from the last time india and england played in chennai right and india england scored 457 i think in that innings and uh, that that was the one where our friend uh, karun nayar scored a triple century never to be looked at again uh, and india won that game yeah and rahul did what yeah kl rahul with his 200 uh, 199 sorry and uh, so india won that game in spite of a mammoth total in the first innings by england uh, yeah. albeit this this is a game where they've scored they've eclipsed that mammoth total already so yeah and also another friend of our shri uh, shri uh, you know he's he's a fantastic cricketer in his own right uh, in our club and he's from chennai so shri called out uh, he told us two days before the game that he thinks that this pitch is going to be very flat and it's not going to be a turner uh, and he was bang on about that 100% correct shri should be do, being the curator now maybe in chennai <laughs> he 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 does take care of the facility at the club so true he has some uh, alternate career paths lined up true I, i'm a batsman so i hope he creates some super flat wickets this time for me <laughs> Oh. Okay. Uh, let's. Uh, Harsha Bogle said. Uh, I was listening to him yesterday. He had a very interesting stat. So what he said was, the, uh, in 14 test matches that have happened post COVID, I don't know which 14 he picked, or maybe there have been only 14. But in 14 test matches since COVID, the team who won the toss uh, won only one out of those 14 matches, which I think is probably the Adelaide India test. And I'm wondering that. why is that the case what has covid got to do with that uh, everything everything else is the same sure there's no crowds but everything else is the same uh, before that obviously the team that won the toss had a much higher uh, win rate and wh- the only thing i could think of was the fact that you can't use saliva on the ball and maybe that means that uh, the the bowlers aren't able to get that much out of it and then the advantage of winning the toss and batting uh doesn't hold true as much because the second and third day uh, pitches are strong enough for the batting team to bat on it way i'm trying to figure out all the uh, 14 tests because more than uh, winning the toss uh, and and doing something it's more about what you did right well if if your theory is true then it means people overestimated how much they can get out of the ball and hence uh, lost the plot because uh, what else could it be there because because just winning the toss uh, and not being able to win is is a is some kind of misjudgment on what they did after they won the toss right or do you think yeah. there were too many draws i don't think there were too many draws how many draws there was uh, one draw in australia so, yeah how many other draws have we had in the uh, last year uh, nothing actually so so nothing nothing okay uh, let's talk about this thing bumra had a press conference yesterday and he spoke about a few things that have affected the indian bowling negatively so one thing he mentions is this new sg ball that they're using and he says that this new sg ball becomes soft a bit too quickly and so it doesn't have that oomph i guess it doesn't have that carry or that speed uh, when it comes to the batsman and also when it goes to the cordon behind the batsman The other thing he said was that the pitch is so hard that uh, it's not like we said again. It's not creating anything for the. It's not creating any roughness for the bowlers to utilize, uh, and that's cre- that's resulting in no lateral movement that these bowlers are getting. So that's something really interesting that he's saying. He's he's not using this as a excuse. He says he says that he's just trying to explain how hard it is to bowl. And from that, what I'm gathering is that it is probably going to continue. being the same over the next three days of this test match so or at least the next one or one and a half days of this test match so we'll have to see how that how that performs so uh, there, there's another interesting point on the same theme saying the pitch is so hard so which is why joe root may want to continue batting and have another crack at uh, putting down a heavy roller on this pitch so that it it binds it together temporarily but then crumbles much quicker so i think it's also an allusion to this uh, to bumrah's point that the pitch is quite uh, hard you usually when you have a hard pitch you want also want it to be an abrasive ground 
right where where one side of the ball gets roughed up and so on but it seems like apart from the one or two balls from bumrah where you thought uh, river it's starting the reverse it's it's not been reversing at all um i think the last session there was a lot of reverse swing ishan sharma was was reversing it like crazy in yeah, the but, last uh, it's coming after uh, at the end of day 2 you would have thought that at the end of day you would have yeah. thought that at the end of 30 overs in the on the on day 1 mm-hmm. or at the end of 120 overs on on day 2 you, you should have start seeing some kind of came too late and too little too late yeah let's jump into performances of uh, various different players let's i have a list of a couple of people i want to call out a couple of players i want to talk about uh, i think there's no one more appropriate to start with than joe root mr joe wow uh, what a player man what a player you know last couple of years he kind of was he wasn't really i think fitting into the big four category right there were doubts about that and what a year he's had so far it's february the 6th month has gone by in this year and this fellow has scored 700 runs already this year <laughs> most top batsmen just about get to 1000 in fact i was seeing that the someone in our group actually shared that the most number of runs by any batsman ever in a calendar year was about 1700 runs by mohammad yusuf fka yusuf yohana and root has made 700 runs almost in january and one week of february and he has another 12 matches i approximately 12 matches he has three more against india then two against new zealand in the summer then five more against india in the summer and then maybe there's a couple of ashes games this year in the winter plus maybe or maybe not the england qualify for wtc i think still pretty much uh, out of the question for england to qualify but i think he can he can reach that uh, yusuf yohanna score yeah and and uh, had he not been run out with a freak short leg uh, uh, fielding brilliance i think he would have been at uh, three double hundreds for this year of three test matches yeah he scored what, what three 150 plus scores in a row run out in what the 180s man run out in the 180s did you have any stats of his i think you were sharing some stats about his uh, his conversion rate so i, I remember there is a discussion about our english supporters on the group uh, being really hard on root when he would get out in the 50s and he get out in the 40s very often and i'd say okay you know what i take root who when he's out of form scores a 40 versus uh, uh, and he reminds me of a hayden who when he's out of form he scores a struggling 40 when he's in form he just makes it count uh that that was my feeling about him and i started digging in about whether he does throw it away so uh so this is a bit of a convoluted stat so let me try to explain it if you if you take any batsman and take their career averages right tendulkar for example has a career average of 53 uh kohli has a career average of 50 53 as well uh, williamson with a career average of uh, 54 smith 62 now these guys if you take another version of these batsmen as tendulkar is a different batsman when he comes in and has already played 20 balls right and you say all the innings where tendulkar has at least played 20 balls what does he average right and 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 i started doing that for tendulkar having played 30 balls tendulkar having played 40 balls and so on and then i tried to get to uh, that version of tendulkar who averages 100 so all the innings that tendulkar has played if you only consider the ones where he's played at least 63 balls then he scores 100 like he averages 100 so tendulkar just walking into bat is a mere mortal averages 53.9 but tendulkar who's played at least 63 balls averages 100 right and, and this started uh, making me think about other players as well and then i started putting down what is it for root what is it for kohli what is it for smith so the interesting pattern that emerged was kohli a kohli who's played 62 balls averages 100 a tendulkar who bats 63 balls averages 100 williamson 65 smith 55 
but the outlier in this group is root who needs 93 balls to average 100 so which means he even though his his career average is quite similar to all the other guys he really doesn't uh, look set uh, till he's played a lot more balls giving credence to this idea that he throws it away much often right and it's surprising how close kohli tendulkar and williamson are uh, and uh, how much of an outlier root is yeah so what you're saying is that because root needs at least 92 balls before which he can uh, create a bigger score and end up having an average of 100 you're saying that his conversion rate is poor and you're basically showing that in a, in a different manner that he is there's something that's wrong in his i don't know mentality or technique or something that's or, or stamina that's preventing him from getting that big score but uh, yeah maybe the last uh, six weeks he's he's turned that around uh, exactly and i think uh, he, with this innings now he is pushed beyond 50 he was averaging 49 point something before this innings and now he's pushed it up to 50 which is at least the benchmark for a modern day good batsman right so i'm yeah. happy about that so root batted really well and who else batted well like stokes batted superbly and Sibley also batted really well. So they both got a similar score, 80-odd. But Sibley's innings was very different to Stokes' innings. Stokes got this in about 120 balls or something like that. Whereas um, Sibley took... Let me see, how much did Sibley take? Dom Sibley took 286 balls for his 87 at a strike rate (laughs) of 30. And Ben Stokes, it was a strike rate of 70 more than twice as fast. I think that, firstly, I, I, I think Sibley batted really well. Like, the way he was playing the spinners, he was middling every ball, defensively middling every ball. So, I don't think we had, and Indians had a way to really get him out. But Stokes, this morning, today, really turned the game around the way I would have expected Sibley to. Because the position that England are in right now would have been way more dominant had Sibley scored faster because currently they have made 555 in 180 overs and that is a run rate of 3.0, 3.1, which on such a pitch, I think in England should have taken a bit more advantage. And we've seen from the other batsmen that it was not that difficult to take a bit more advantage. I'm not saying go at a strike rate of 70. Okay, The Sibley is not Ben Stokes, but 30 is still not good enough when he has already gotten set. And maybe that's what cost him his century in the end. I I think it's unfair to uh, compare uh, Sibley's innings with uh, Stokes' innings because Sibley came into bat at 0 for 0. Stokes came into bat with a tired bowling lineup at 263 for 3. I don't put too much emphasis on uh, how much they how much more they could have scored maybe they, they could have scored 20 more runs but i think the stability that sibley provided was more important especially on the first day of a f- new test series now if if you have already gauged what the pitch is going to behave like uh, at day 3 or, or day one and a half of a of a test match then maybe you can say okay you're still going at uh, a strike rate of 30 is unacceptable but not not when you have 0 for 0 no, I agree. Uh, not zero for zero, but you know he was batting when it was no, way better than zero for zero. He was batting when Joe Root was with him, and Joe Root was going at a much faster pace. He was batting in the third session of the day, and he did not accelerate. He did not accelerate the way he should have. Um, but anyway, yeah, you're right. It's it's difficult to compare Stokes versus Sibley's innings. Stokes came in on the second day. Sibley came in in a very, I guess, difficult situation with the series just beginning and England wanted to get to a good start. What about India's fielding setup? So India had this leg side trap again. There were times when India had a 3-6 field. Normally you have a 6-3 field, 7-2 field, which means 7 on the off or 6 on the off. India had 3 on the off, of which 1 was a slip, 1 was a cover, and for a fast bowler where there was one third man, otherwise there was... Uh, someone else in the uh, in the circle, which was usually a mid-off. No point also for a long time. 
and that meant that they were in, in india was constantly peppering that leg stump and outside leg stump and especially the spinners uh, the spinners to sibli as well because sibli was playing with the spin a lot and he's very good through mid wicket uh, they really congested that mid wicket and short mid wicket area why did why did we do that why did we not change tactics do you think it's an overthinking of uh, of strategy so where you thought okay we found something in this leg side attack and we're just going to yeah. overuse it i think so i think so i mean i think it's good to try it and i won't say it failed but i think that maybe india could have tried something else as well and i think it's easy to switch around you can switch around a bowler and switch things around you can switch around your field for an over or so and and see what it does so but i i noticed that we were we had a 36 field for, especially for the spinners for a long portion of day 1 also in a, in a, in a pitch like this with strategies with all the bowlers having access to the same strategy and pretty much bowling to the same batsman because wickets don't fall you still kind of see the quality difference between the bowlers right like ishant bumrah and uh, ashwin versus nadeem and sundar just the economy column tells you a difference in the quality all of them had similar kind of things to deal with and and you can see the difference in quality which is why i think uh, sundar for me like i wouldn't blame him too much but he's not a test bowler like uh, he, i mean great that he came and de- did what he did for us in brisbane but he he didn't really seem to have the control needed as a spinner to to kind of control the delivery and six no balls from nadeem was also like a, not good enough on on uh, washington sundar he he is primarily a bowler who is supposed to be there on his bowling skill and he can bat as well so as a bowler going at 3.8 per over without really troubling the batsman too much is is not a good showing and i think if he continues like this then probably he's he's soon going to get dropped and i don't think that it's anywhere near the end for him i think he's very young he's 21 years old i think and he's not played an fc match in 3 years before that fourth test against australia so he has time um because of washington we also missed i think like we missed that strong fifth bowler like a jadeja or a shami uh, jadeja would have been absolutely devastating in in such a situation and even in the previous chennai test in the fourth innings that india won when you called out the karun nair one It was Jadeja who won the game for us in the end because he picked up seven wickets and he ran through the England batting. Ashwin got zero in that game. Jadeja got seven. Um, I, I also want to say that Washington was unlucky in the last hour of today's second day's play. Washington had uh, one catch that was taken by by Pant. Butler nicked it. Pant took a catch. Everyone went up. Clear nick. and the umpire didn't give it out and by then india had lost all of their reviews which is india's fault okay ashwin went crazy with his reviews some stupid reviews so it's it's not anyone's fault but you could see sundar he was lying on the ground for a good minute in desperation so he's unlucky over there he's also unlucky i don't know if you saw at the end i think the last three overs of the game or five overs of the game um Dominic Best chipped one straight to Rohit Sharma at mid uh, mid wicket, short mid wicket. It's like you know underarm throw that you do with kids, and Rohit Sharma missed it. And yeah, you could see was... the faces of everybody. Even like yeah. uh, you saw Stokes sitting in the balcony and uh, shock, absolute shock. So yeah, Washington has been um, unlucky, uh, but yeah, he's he's been unlucky for an hour, but he's been poor for the rest of the game. yeah and also about the about the review uh, it's it's kind of sad that uh, that we're not using with even with three reviews you don't get it right so i think there needs to be some kind of uh, because because ashwin is a powerful character right maybe he's just gone on and said no no i need the review or whatever and then it becomes difficult when your yeah. senior bowler comes and says i want the review and not give it to him so maybe maybe there needs to be some sort of training given to the bowlers as well saying guys uh, like there is some like watch more videos of yourself bowling to figure out if something deem uh, needs a review yeah and speaking of drs training you know who needs drs training <laughs> lakshman shivaramakrishnan <laughs> lakshman shivaramakrishnan this fellow 
has been stealing a living for the last 15 years commentating on indian cricket for some stealing <laughs> god knows why he's still alive. kai lakshman shiva so lakshman lakshman in the last session today was talking with uh, deepdas gupta and sunil gavaskar who are way more erudite and sensible i think than this fellow lakshman starts talking about umpire's call he says why are we trying why is drs trying to make an advantage for the umpire why is it trying to see whether the umpire is right or wrong drs should be uh, having a goal of trying to get the decision right and deepdas gupta was trying to tell him that that is the goal the goal is to get the decision right umpire's call doesn't mean that the umpire is correct or umpire is wrong umpire's call means that drs is not able to predict with a high degree of certainty that the ball would have gone on to hit the stumps or not hit the stumps or whatever the case may be it is a prediction up until the point that it hits the pad or hits the bat it is actual trajectory of the ball but after that it is calculations mathematics video cameras that is trying to predict and it is when when we see that animation on our tv that the wickets have fallen but only 40% of the ball is hitting the wickets that doesn't mean that the wicket is falling that means that it is likely that the wicket will fall but it is not certain it is maybe a 40% chance that the wicket would have been hit and so let's not overturn the on field umpire who ultimately there has to be some sort of guiding path and the on field umpire is that guiding path so this lakshman shiva ramakrishnan i think should learn this by now maybe deepdas gupta should at dinner tell him about this and uh, to make it absolutely clear the idea is instead of maybe instead of calling it umpire's call they should say it's a 50-50 decision so what is the fairest way to resolve an uncertain decision should you overturn an existing decision or should you just keep stick to the existing decision if Correct. you don't have evidence yeah absolutely that should be, that should be it and and this actually this actually is uh, one way maybe for ls to get into the same category as another great leg spinner uh, won because won also absolutely <laughs> does not get it <laughs> Are I would love to see Warren uh, I would love to see LS wearing that uh, beanie cap or beret or whatever that Warren wears and walk around eating his baked <laughs> beans you know oh man yeah <laughs> that'll be a sight to behold yeah maybe some plastic surgery on his lips as well shut them <laughs> you you've been following Marlon Samuels I see <laughs> no 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 I, maybe my rap album will come out uh, next next year but not until then Arju is in the house. Yo. Okay, Gopal. Uh, Butler. I think Butler has been poor this match. Hey, Butler. I think Butler is, along with maybe a bit of Washington Sundar. I think Butler has been the worst performer in this entire match so far, and I'll tell you why. Butler's first ball comes in to I think it was Ashwin, one of the off spinners. I don't remember. and he tries to drive it he, he tries to get right onto the pitch and drive it against the spin towards the covers uh, gets a thick in thick leading edge and it falls just short of shubman gill at mid wicket that is not the he's he's showing that he's not willing to read the pitch first ball he's trying to drive it then twice he nicked it uh, like he got an inside edge i think once was to ishan sharma and once was i think again to ishan sharma and it rolled away like it ran to the boundary for four so off his 26 runs or whatever he made uh, two of those were just these inside edges uh, thirdly of course he got out caught behind of sundar and he wasn't given out so he was lucky over there and then finally his misery came to an end in a way when he was clean bowled you know shouldering arms opening his stance and leaving a ball that was swinging in Uh, to Ishan Sharma, fantastic ball, like it's a r- amazing ball, but he he left the ball and uh, he showed to me that he's not got that confidence. You know, he still made he played fifty balls and he made thirty runs, and he's he was trying to go for it. He was, but in a test match where it's way more tricky than you know the IPL successes that he's been having, uh, where actually he's not been that successful also this year. Um, it shows that i don't know if england are going to miss butler too much after he goes away after this match and fox comes in so maybe it's 
maybe it's not that big of a loss also i think what he was trying to do because you mentioned stokes earlier and his run rate and the way he played right and this is one thing that uh, ian chappel mentioned about sachin tendulkar and all the great players of test cricket which i didn't notice earlier but there's a game awareness there's an awareness of when the opposition is down and trying to then pin them down and taking that one innings or one session where you know that you have the advantage and drive it home so if butler had come in and watched a few balls and then got himself in and then played a stokes kind of innings that would have really set it up so instead of 180 overs 555 there would have been 180 overs 620 or something uh, i i think he didn't allow himself that luxury of a few more overs to figure it out and uh, he he didn't have that game awareness that uh, ian chapel likes to call it yeah you know who has that game awareness who who rishabh pan <laughs> i knew i knew you were, this is coming <laughs> how can we not discuss rishabh rishabh pan wicket keeping firstly right decision to play him in india you know throw him in there he is the future put saha out at least for this couple of games and see how rishabh pan does rishabh pan has been fantastic behind the wicket so far he's been really good against the fast bowlers and it's been tough against the fast bowlers because sometimes the ball is not carrying sometimes it's carrying uh, up to his shoulders especially the ishan sharma balls are carrying up to his shoulders he's been really good against the spinners as well he took that catch which was not given but he's been really really good he hasn't he hasn't fumbled anything he hasn't dropped anything but way more importantly than all of that is his chatter behind have you heard some of the things <laughs> that he's been saying way, way more important <laughs> way more important than that because he's creating he's creating viewers out of all of us we're going to be watching test cricket forever trying to listen to rishabh pant uh, let's have a few samples what what caught your ear okay washington sundar is bowling and this guy comes up with a quip saying mera naam washington mere ko jana hai dc <laughs> who does that who does that <laughs> i think yeah, rohit sharma the crowd this is the kind yeah, of mad jokes that uh, harsha bogle would love <laughs> then but, see first of all genuinely he was motivating the bowlers it was hard it was very hard indian bowlers have toiled for two days and he was non stop energy come on boys come on boys and the yeah. thing that he was doing was he had, he was kind of translating it to the bowlers language as well washington would come in and he'd talk he talk in english and he say yes man even tamil like come on macha come on macha bowling man washi boy and then rohit would rohit bowl two overs today and he would bowl ah rohit bhai chalo yaar rohit bhai uh, he's he's got that thing you know when uh, i think washington sundar once he was called into bowl and he took a little time coming in and he's yelling at washington chalo jaldi chalo yaar ghar jana hai mereko iske baad chalo chalo mahol banao mahol banao Partying man, this guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Did you see Oli Pope? Uh, Oli Pope was playing. He he kind of swept one ball. It was a full toss. He completely mistimed it. Hit the edge and it flew back behind the wicketkeeper and Rohit Sharma from leg slip was running behind the ball. Pant had no idea where the ball was, or at least he acted like he had no idea where the ball was, and he thought the ball is. gone up in the air and he was trying to catch the ball is looking up in the air looking all around him and he's standing at where uh, forward forward shot leg no actually silly point would be he's trying to catch the ball the ball is already rolling away close to the boundary and what a what a player this guy is i love him yeah so, so th- this is the kind of like uh, this is what you mentioned right you know, on a tough day uh, somebody who's who's still keeping the energy up and uh, not taking himself too seriously but uh, but keeping the energy up because you have a kohli kind of energy which is also infectious but can be quite uh, disheartening and uh, demotivating to see when you're not doing well right and uh, when you're not up against the wall kohli's energy kind of deflates you more than inflates you but but this kind of energy is is useful and uh, inflates you regardless of the situation absolutely it's good it's good to have this guy so uh, and uh, just one caveat uh, he pant kept really well except for ball number 1 what happened on ball number 
ball number one from uh, from Ishant down the leg side. No, I don't remember what he missed it. Yeah, yeah drop catch. No, it wasn't a drop catch. I remember that now. <laughs> Nonsense. No, I no, mean... no, no, no. <laughs> no, no, no. In fact, I remember that they said that even Saha won't catch it. Yeah, <laughs> even Saha won't catch it. Okay. Yeah. Hey, Saha is a better keeper. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Saha will talk in uh, Bengali. Yeah. Let's get Ishan Karel coming in and he'll. Let, let's have Ishan some Bengali. Bengali from Arjun. No, no, Mishti Doi, Mishti Doi is all I know. Udi Baba, ki gondogol. Okay, that's good, man. Um, yeah, maybe Saurav Ganguly should start his own podcast in Bengali now. I, I, and he'll call it Extra Time. Saurav Ganguly's dream. Extra level. innings, huh? Extra innings, huh? With, with three. With three A's, yeah, extra yeah. time. And hey, poor guy, he's 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 not too well, huh? Don't make jokes about Saurav Dada. <laughs> because he's unwell. Oh man, yeah, he is poor guy, but uh, I think he can. But he's second. Yeah, man, time. if his family is listening right now, then. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, we love him. We love we love Saurav. Dada is. So if you if you Dada's are listening, Saurav Dada's family. Our wishes and prayers to him. He's he's going to recover. He's definitely going to recover. So it's going to be good. Ishan Sharma, this fellow, what a star he is! What a star! It shows how much we've missed Ishan Sharma. If you look through the bowling, everyone has gone at between two and four runs per over. You know, Shabaz Nadim three point eight is the most uneconomical bowler so far. Ishan Sharma has gone at one point nine, and of those, I think. He's he's given away 52 runs in 27 overs. Of those 52, I think maybe 20 of them are uh, nicks and edges that have rolled away to fine leg. So he's gone at I would realistically he's gone at about one per over. Picked up two wickets and a couple of really close chances that just missed the wickets. And in today's final spell uh, with the old ball, he was reversing it like crazy. He was swinging after crossing the batsman. He was swinging. Before the batsman, you saw the wicket that he got of um, uh, of Butler, and then the next ball of uh, Jofra Archer. Both of them clean bowled. Uh, he was on a hat trick. What a bowler! And how much we've missed this guy. He took his 299th wicket in Test cricket today. It's very hard for a fast bowler, especially in India, to take 300 Test wickets. So, and, and to I put it in context, it's, uh, it's it's uh, his hundredth Test wicket in India. And that makes him only the fourth uh, Indian test bowler behind uh, uh, Kapil Dev, Srinath and Zaheer to take 100 test wickets in India. How crazy is that? Fantastic. Fantastic. Yeah. And, you know, we were talking about test specialists and whether that's good or bad for the game. And I think it's fantastic that Ishan Sharma is becoming a test specialist. He's not really... Uh, playing too much T20, especially international, he doesn't play. Uh, one day, he doesn't do much as well. And he's gone and played uh, county, was it, I think, two or three years ago. And you see the transformation that he's had. And this is an example of someone who should be playing test cricket at the highest level and not be distracted by by uh, the lures of anything else. You know, uh, the, the fact that he's only 32 now, if uh, Broad and Anderson are anything to go by, this guy has another eight years left in him. Yeah, he's fit. He's fit. Delhi ka banda, acha khana wana khata hai. And plus, if he rotate the fast bowling stock, I think he's, he can serve India quite uh, for a long, for a long, long time. I agree with you about length and not uh, space being important for Test cricket. You saw that with Mark Wood versus uh, James Anderson and and uh, Stuart Broad as well in the Sri Lanka series. So it's. So, the economy rate on a flat track is a big, big indicator, which is why I said, uh, look at the difference between the ones who are test bowlers, who understand what they need to do, versus the ones who don't have that kind of experience, right? Whether it's Shabazz, Nadim, or Washington Sundar. I think the economy rate speaks about how many loose balls or whatever you're bowling. And that was the point about uh, Cummins and uh, Hazelwood versus Stark. And that was the point about... um, Siraj versus uh, uh, Seni. 
right uh, mm. there is an innate understanding of where you need to bowl in test cricket even if you are not getting wickets and that's something that usually experience gives you or you just follow your coach's uh, manual to the t yeah one very small last thing i wanted to call out today was shubman gill i noticed the way he was fielding shubman gill youngest person in the team thrown into field at bat pad for a good two days and i think his technique was pretty poor to be honest yeah. he 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 would he would hold his knees standing up he'd get up too early you know the point of a close in fielder is to stay as low as possible so that you can uh, your reflexes allow you to get up because once you're up your reflexes won't allow you to get down and there were quite a few catches that actually went just around his knee height but because he had gotten up above his knee height his hands were kind of near his his waist or his belly he couldn't then go back down and his hands should never have gone above knee height so i'm sure virat kohli and um, our fielding coaches would have a word with him but that's not something that you want to see from a from a youngster yeah i i think it so again this is how uh, kind of uh, reputations get made or broken right when when you see a mayank agarwal standing there you can see the hunger that he just wants to be involved in the game like even matthew wade for that matter an old veteran who would come and stand at forward shot like you could see the hunger like they want the ball to come to them or even marnus but it seemed like gill was a bit too jittery and too iffy about the position and he felt it it felt like he doesn't want to be there uh, it, it, it's not a good good uh, thing to see because from the outside if amateurs like you and me can kind of judge that it's not looking nice uh, you can imagine what the what the management is thinking so it, yeah. It, yeah i agree with you about uh, what you're saying about gill okay let's talk about the next 3 days predictions actually actually before predictions uh, let me let me throw you at the deep end actually it, it is kind of uh, related to predictions so but uh, let let me uh, throw out a few strategies that i think india is kind of adopting uh, india is basically saying we prepared a road because we want to tire joe root and the english batsmen out in the first game so that we can go and win 3-0 in the other games what do you think about that no i i don't think that would have been a strategy <laughs> this too this too long term that's like i think that's like bollywood movie thinking Um, <laughs> no, I, I, I think a lot of things will have to fall into place for that to be happen. For that to happen, no, I don't think that's true. Yeah, I, I'm just kidding, obviously, but uh, because good, good. <laughs> I, I, I wasn't sure. I, I was surprised that you thought it was not a joke, but uh, it shows how much high regard we hold it. You hold me. Uh, You're Guru Gopal, so I thought. and also let me let me ask you one more thing like this is a serious one when is it negative to keep batting on in the first innings like at what point would you say it's it's kind of negative for uh, england to keep batting on in the first innings you mean in this game or in, in general general in, uh, in this game, game as, and in general uh well first i think england should bat on as much as they can uh, you've seen in the end um, Bess has Dom Bess has been playing very steadily, uh, safely. So he's not trying to force the situation. Uh, if he were, if he were, then he would have played a lot differently. Um, and they wouldn't. I don't think they would even risk uh, James Anderson coming out to bat against Ishan Sharma if um, they weren't trying to bat time and runs, trying to make as much as they can. So I think if I were England, I would bat as just make any, as many runs as I can. Uh, i would at this stage i don't think you can do too much about the run rate you can't really try and score them quickly but it's just scoring as many as you can and the reason is because india's batting is so formidable um, the top 7 in india all have an average above 40 i think besides one or two of them they're all averaging between 47 and 55 which is fantastic england had one batsman averaging above 40 in their top 7 and that's joe root So if England can score five fifty-five or whatever they end up scoring in this test, then England India can score more. So if they bat for twenty more overs tomorrow, 
and have scored 20 runs or 30 runs would you still not consider that negative it is negative but i like what other option do they have the, the only other option they have is well they have two more options one is they try and score as fast as they can in which case they probably will not bat 20 overs they will make maybe 30 runs in in seven overs okay the other option is they declare i think making 585 is better than declaring at 555 and having those 20 extra overs okay see Fair. There's one thing I wanted to get to, which is how are England going to win this game? Um, yeah. Before that, let's just let's just talk about the current situation and the odds. So I was looking at the bookmaker odds, uh, which has changed drastically in favor of a draw in the last uh, in the last few hours. So the current odds for India winning are ten is to one. Current odds for England winning is seven is to four. England is significantly, if you, if you can't read odds, then England is significantly uh, more likely to win this match than India is what the bookies think. Um, but the but the favored decision so far, the favored result so far is a draw, eight is to thirteen, which means that uh, you're going to get back just over fifty percent of your money if you bet on a draw. Uh, whereas if you bet on India winning, you're going to get back ten times your money. So I think that's that's fair i don't think we can argue against a draw at this moment because you, for any for england to win this game england have to get india out twice in, in 20 wickets in 3 days i think that is extremely unlikely especially with the 4 4 plus 1 bowler lineup that england have gone for uh, i don't think that uh, anderson will be able to bowl out at full tilt and uh, Archer will be able to bowl at full tilt for long periods. So the only way I see England winning is if India give it away. Indian batsmen play stupid shots and give it away. And I think the Indian batsmen are way too uh, competent and too mature to give it away. Twice that too. Maybe India will give away a couple of wickets. You know, Rohit Sharma may play a silly shot. But I don't see us. I, I don't think England are going to win this game. No 36 all-outs for you then? No 36 all-outs. No, it's not, it's not possible on this. 360 all-out possibly. Hmm. And and mind you, 360 all-out means that England could get the follow-on and put India to bat in again. <laughs> yeah. And that is the only chance that, that they have. Uh, and even then, 360 runs means they've let India bat at least one day, you know, 90, 100 overs. Even yep. if India goes super far. Yeah. And and coming back to your point about uh, this bowler bowler strategy, right? Uh, having four bowlers and Stokes who have to bowl a lot, like that is a recipe for disaster, uh, especially if you have the strategy of just bat once, right? Even if, like you said, India uh, are 300 all out, right? And they ended up batting for one whole day. Uh, Chennai with its humidity of 70-80%. And a temperature of 29, 30 degrees. Uh, it's still a hard call to get four bowlers to come out there and bowl at the same intensity for uh, yeah. for one and a half more days. So the strategy of having just four bowlers and also just bat one is kind of uh, a difficult one to to pull out. Yeah, yeah. You saw Ashwin get tired by the end, and imagine uh, Dominic Bess if he's bowling for four sessions uh, he, he's i don't think he's going to be that uh, threatening on the fifth day if he does bowl for four more sessions so yeah honestly i don't see india losing this game i think a draw would be a fair result for india india won't be too happy but i think england won't be happy either because if they're if they're aiming for the world test championship they need three wins and uh, i i don't think they are though maybe 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 yeah. not they, they just want this feather in their cap that they didn't let India win in India. So that's good enough for them, I think. Uh, because because yeah. they've already realized that it's a steep uphill climb to get close to the World Test Championship. And they can always say that, look, we were the better team. But because of the stupid rules, we, we kind of got pipped out of it this time. But uh, they can always hold the moral high ground on this. 
yeah yeah it depends on what their goal is but if that's the goal then yes you're right so uh, another one of our club mates jack jack is actually the captain of our first team so i hold his opinion in very high regard so jack said an hour ago he is the current captain as of today because today is the agm today is our agm let's see if he gets voted in or not <laughs> uh, club cricket is a big deal huh, in england to any indian listeners out there um so okay. uh, arjun is our club captain and that's why it's he's the biggest of them all deal that is yeah i sit and tell people what to do like the guys who sit in elko market in bandra and telling people what to do <laughs> i i think okay. half our audience is going to miss all the references <laughs> yeah and the other half is going to miss the other half of the references <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Maybe we should get to Jack. Bhakti Vedanta jokes as well. Bhakti Vedanta. I, I, I'm. I, we are disrespecting Jack. So I want to talk to talk about Jack. Jack says, "It's a mental thing that if you take the Indian win out of the equation, then they now need to win two out of three tests. Uh, even better if England sneak the win here, as that keeps their qualification hopes alive, putting further pressure on the Indian team. Man, the WTC is a great idea, isn't it?" it provides a context that was missing to test series like these 100% agreed yeah absolutely there's there's nothing to disagree there it's it's a uh, it's is actually adding to the pressure that someone like india would not have felt before the wtc which is which is great for test cricket absolutely okay so you're saying that this match is most likely going to be a draw that's your prediction uh, that's what the stats tell me uh, because i can't see a path to victory unless this pitch dramatically changes and there's a there's a 70 all out or a 100 all out uh, from one of the teams yeah and i think it's going to be a draw as well yeah okay, okay. must that's all for today folks wherever you are in the world have a great day night or commute and stay safe remember cricket is the winner